If you're scared of heights, ride at night. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Best Motorcycle Roads. I'm Tom. And I'm Todd. And we have over 30 years of motorcycling experience and 15 years of planning and riding motorcycle trips. We're here to share what we've learned with you. Our goal at Best Motorcycle Roads is simple. Make your next motorcycle trip the best it can be. We'll dive into technology, planning, packing, the routes, other tips, and everything in between. From essential prep to unforgettable routes, we've got you covered. Before we kickstart today's journey, we'll ask you to log in and sign up to our BMR Rider Alerts. It's our way of keeping you in the loop with the latest rides, tips, and stories. We promise no spam, only the essentials, to enhance your motorcycle adventures. Please join the BMR crew today, and we'll put a link in the show notes. This next segment, or the first one of the day, is about motorcycle gear, reviews, and tips, and we call it the toolkit. Um, you know, this is a great episode it's about the tail of the dragon but you know really when you're riding some of these roads like tail of dragon todd it's you really you really want to you know you're taking this great ride you want to have great gear so i guess just start off by talking about riding jackets and pants now not everyone goes and does that i think um but really if you get into the motorcycle riding gear of jackets and pants they come kind of come in two types and two fabrics you got kind of warm weather riding, cold weather riding, and then kind of all season. And then the materials are either usually textile or leather. Um, and I just say, you know, you want to be comfortable. I think the first thing that happens is you have an expectation of uh, like what you feel like motorcycle gear is. Some people like leather and that's cool. And some people don't. And then they end up in textile. It's like, I feel like it's like you want leather or you want not leather. Right. <laughs> um, so you know, I don't know. It's a great option. Leather is a great option. It's usually a little more expensive, but it lasts forever mm -hmm. if you take care of it. It's really, um, you know, the motorcycle leathers are made for that. Um, even though they seem like they might be hot, everything has venting. So there's all kinds of zippers and places mm -hmm. that you can open and close based on the temperatures of the day. And, and the textile stuff is really the same. I would say the difference really is you kind of have regular gear that's textile or you have mesh. So there's a lot of mesh. Mesh is friends with the warm client uh, climates. And it's, I don't know, the solid is better for the cooler times. I have both. I pretty much use mesh all the time when we ride. I mean, we don't ride when it's super cold. And then I'm riding a big old honking Goldwing that, you know, pretty much nothing penetrates it anyway. So <laughs> um, some of the all-season gear can be leather or textile. It just tends to be some of the higher-end products. I think that's when you start looking at some of the nice Harley leather gear or you look at the... Um, um, you know, some of the stuff that's the single jacket rider suits from, yeah. um, some of the, some of the bigger names, but we have a full blog post out there with pictures and details. You can kind of dig in and see what you like the look of, um, and, and what you want. It's, it's really a personal touch kind of thing. Like I said, I'm a big guy. I, I ride hot no matter what. I like the mesh. <laughs> um, you know, I used to ride with sorts and mesh. I've moved to pants and mesh top. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the one-piece suit, too, but I've never gone that far, so. Yeah. And uh, the other thing about the like the mesh jackets, the textile jackets, um, you know, a, a lot of them come with, like, elbow yep. pads, you know, shoulder, armor. back, armor. Yep. You know, there's armor built into them. And even with that uh, being mesh, they, they still keep you pretty cool. And there's they do. Lots of vents, so... Uh, that's what I use, yeah. uh, kind of a mesh jacket with the armor built in. And 
Um, generally, you know, we're riding in warmer temperatures right. most of the time, and I've just got a T-shirt on underneath. Yeah. And, uh, that seems to work. I don't have the mesh pants yet, but, uh, you know, jeans for me right now, but at some point I might yeah. switch over. And I would just say also, like, one of the things I would say, I really like mesh, and that's what I ride with. But the negative of it is, like, you can't ride it when it's wet. Yeah. Like, it gets wet, and then it just gets soaked, you know. Mm-hmm. like. And I feel like the stuff that's non-mesh leather and the textile, it does a little better job of, like, getting rid of the rain. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I've thought about that a lot, I guess. And I'd really like to try some of the medium gear and maybe have bulk up on the layers a little bit. So, I want to do a little more research in that. But some of that will be in the post that we have. So, mm-hmm. Secondly, gloves. Um, I love gloves. I have at least eight pairs of gloves. I like leather gloves unless it's raining. Um, you got to get something that works for you. But I love full finger gloves, and I love to get them leather that wore in. I, and I just I don't know what I love the feeling when they're like my I know they're my gloves. Mm-hmm. So that's why I prefer leather with most of the gloves. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple pair of ring gloves that aren't. But I'm honestly thinking about going with the. Um, Oh, the yeah. surgical glove method. So <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't have any. I only have leather gloves, and yeah. I, I basically have two, maybe three pairs. Yeah. Uh, you know, two are full finger, and one is uh, fingerless. Uh, I generally ride with the fingerless ones because I often have my phone mounted on my yep. bike, and with gloves on, uh, I can't touch my phone; it, it, it won't react. So I use the fingerless gloves a lot. Um, but you know, my gloves aren't waterproof, so when it does start raining, the only way I can keep my hands dry is what you just mentioned yeah is i get out uh, you know some surgi- surgical gloves some people use them or buy the the food preparation yeah. gloves you know it's those real thin uh i don't know if they're latex or just kind of a rubber or plastic yep. material but super thin you know you can carry 20 pair you know in a space about that big but yeah. um i just throw those under my leather gloves and then my hands don't get wet and then i you know take the time to try and dry the gloves at night but uh that's the way that's the way i make my gloves waterproof you know and those that actually works well in the cold too that'll help it'll yeah, keep the, your hands a little bit warmer does, too yeah. so um yeah so gloves there again those are there's about as many types of gloves as you can imagine from gauntlet to short to the wrist to the fingertip you really got to try some and see what's mm-hmm. good for you um i think once you find a style i'd highly recommend just get a nice pair of gloves they really matter. Some have padding in them if you have a little more vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's worth the investment. You're really riding in them all the time. Yeah. So how about foot gear, boots? Um, uh, well, I recommend getting a good set of boots. Yeah. Uh, don't do what I did. I uh, bought some off a, a website um, based on other people's uh, recommendations <laughs> or their reviews. And uh, without trying them on, I just I got them and then I went on a trip. They were fine for sitting on the bike. You know, everything about them was fine. I liked the way they lace up and there was a clip and all that kind of stuff. But for walking around, they were horrible. <laughs> uh, just a, a real pain to walk around in for the day. It's almost like I want to get off the bike and switch into my, you know, tennis shoes or right. something. Um, so if you can, uh, get your bikes or get your boots plenty of time before your trip and walk around with them or go someplace where you can go to your local bike shop and find some boots and, and walk around with them as well as yeah. uh, ride with them a little bit. But it, yeah, good boots make a difference. They do. I will say too, based on your bike, there's a big difference in bikes. You know, you got adventure bikes, completely different ride and cruisers and touring bikes. Not every boot works for every yeah, style of bike. True. I know when I was riding standards, that were a little more, you know, like sporty, the, it made a big difference. And there's special boots for those 
types of motorcycles and you really do have to it makes a difference some of the boots that work great on a cruiser does not work on those and bikes why, do you know why yeah what, because what's the difference what it has to do with is the way that your foot flexes because you know in that in that standard bike or a sport bike your feet are behind you yeah. as opposed to you having a knee that's straight up and down on your oh, foot okay. so it it has to do with like you want to have a little more um a lot of those will have like a flex point at the ankle so that when you when you flex that foot that's what the difference gotcha. is so okay. because it that otherwise you're fighting the boot and you're fighting that whole like upper Mm-hmm. that's that's the reason oh. so yeah it's you'll it's a big difference yeah you'll know I, right i'm just away. gonna get a whole new set of boots i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make sure i well, try them and walk in them and, and i bought a really nice set of work boots that happen to work great um they're usa made boot called Thoroughgood. huge i mean they're expensive they're not cheap but i love them the leather's broken in they're waterproof throw the booties on the boots mm-hmm. and you're good to go when it rains so but yeah check check footwear is important i mean imagine that you have to put your foot down when you're going because something bad happens yeah. you want to get them covered i know anytime you're taking any of the, the motorcycle rider safety classes it's mandatory that you have your ankles covered mm-hmm. and the reason for that is is because one of the first things that's going to happen if you go down on your bike is your ankle or foot is going to be on the ground mm-hmm. and uh having a nice thick piece of leather or textile that's you know really designed for that is is key so don't skimp on boots or gloves or jackets yeah i mean they're really just important and do they need to have a, a metal toe they don't have Steel to toe? No. Okay. the ones i have a composite toe it's plastic you know it's just yeah. a little bit of protection but really the big problem you're going to end up having if you wreck and a friend of ours chris had this happen but you go low side your foot goes under and it tries to turn your foot around mm-hmm. and it will sometimes so yeah you just got to be careful but yeah. yeah we have a breakdown of all three of those different things on posts on best motorcycle roads we'll put those in the show notes too so yeah uh ride wise this is the section where we focus on planning and safety tips and we talked about uh pre-trip maintenance in episode three uh if you missed it go back and check that out uh it's a really important step of any trip um and then route planning with a bike with a trip like the tail of the dragon uh, you want to really get a good idea of the day and what the road has to offer. You know, watch some videos of, you know, people that have ridden the road. Yeah. That, that'll give you a really good idea what what's in store for you. We usually watch two videos the nights before we watch motorcycle crash videos. <laughs> right. <laughs> just right. in general. And then it's good to review those maps a little bit and just say, hey, you know, half the day we're here, half the day we're here. And yeah. It kind of just puts your mind straight with it. So Yeah, it does. Um, and pacing and group riding dynamics, um, you know, you really want to consider the pace uh, when you're when you're riding in a group, especially when you have uh, people that are new to riding in groups. You know, maybe they've got a lot of riding experience, but they've never ridden in a group. Um, and, and I can tell you from my experience, I had I had ridden motorcycles for ten or twelve years, fifteen years before I ever read, rode in a group. And for the first time riding in a group, all of a sudden, all I could focus on for some reason was my distance from, you know, behind the person in front of me and my distance in the lane. Am I in the right side or am I in the left side? Am I, am I doing the stagger correctly? And, you know, my getting outside of my little lane, you know, and you, you stagger so that if the group comes to a quick stop, at least you can, you know, someone can pass you or, right. you know, um, so there's a good reason for it. But I tell you, when you're, when you haven't done that kind of riding before, um, it's nerve wracking. And I remember after my first day, just kind of being mentally shot. Like <laughs> I didn't even really pay attention to the sights around me because all I was doing is 
worried about that stagger and am I in the right part of the lane? Am I too close? Am I too far? And um, so I would say take your time. And if you've got new riders, you know, kind of talk to them about that. Say, hey, look, um, yes, it's important, but don't focus all your energy on just that. Well, I think too, like when we're doing the regular riding part, we, we keep the stagger when we can. When you get on technical roads like some, like the Tail of Dragon, some of these other ones that we're going to talk today, like that kind of goes out the window. Like, let's not, don't worry about that at all. In fact, just let's just go single file. Let's just be safe. You know, you ride at your level. Like, I, you see it happening sometimes where it just feels like that person is almost riding too hard, you know, and it's like, if you're not comfortable, don't (laughs) ride crazy. You know, like it's just, it's okay. You know, let, tell them come around or, you know, People will wait for you. Yeah, and that's the thing at Tale of the Dragon. You know, the the tendency, and I've done, you know, caught myself <laughs> doing it, is you know, it's so windy, it's the, it's so technical that, you know, you almost want to push yourself and challenge <laughs> yourself. Say, all right, let's see how we do. You know, and let's see if I can do this. But, you know, to ride six, seven hundred miles to get to the Tale of the Dragon just to crash and wreck your bike, it's it's just not worth it. You know? I mean, <laughs> Just take your time. And, yeah. Um, if someone is pushing you and, and, you know, wanting you to speed up, just pull over or get to the side and let them come wave around them you. Wave them by. Yeah, yeah. wave them by. Yep, there's, there's a few places on Tail of the Dragon you can kind of just get off the road and, yeah. and let people by. And a lot of times cars will do that yeah. because uh, they have to go a little slower. But, yeah, I would say pace your pace yourself. And on Tail of the Dragon, you're pretty much going to stay single file, I think. Yeah. I mean, the same thing goes for mindset, physical readiness. I mean, I think all of us can go out and write a day of writing, come back, be a little sore and be okay. But mm-hmm. like when you start to chain these days together, <laughs> yeah. you know, you start to really feel it and you really need to be careful. I think we talk about it a lot when we stop, just hydrate, you know, just yeah. get more water, just rest more. I mean, we're pretty good about not staying up crazy late, but mm-hmm. you know, you got to get that sleep and you can get something to eat, you know, like you kind of forget sometimes you get on a bike and... We got, you know, Twizzlers in the back of Mike's bag and pretty soon you haven't <laughs> had anything decent but sugar and who know and Red Bull. But yeah. um yeah, so but just I think mentally preparing yourself for that days when you're gonna hit those really hard roads is, is a good idea too. Yeah, and respect just respecting the road. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, we're talking about some of the most beautiful roads in the United States, uh, but they can be dangerous. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Well now it's a story segment we call the mile marker, and you know, it's about the tail of dragon. And kind of the roads that intersect with that. So, I don't know, like, you hate to use the word, word pilgrimage, but really, I mean, the Tail of Dragon is, some call it the mother road, some call it the best road, best one of the best five roads in the, the world. destination, yeah. The destination, but yeah. it, it is a journey. It's not just, you know, your run-of-the-mill road. Um, I don't know. It's a cool challenge, I think, for every rider. It's located in the Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um between te- Tennessee and North Carolina. Um, it gets its name from the shape of the road. It kind of, if you look at it, zoomed out, it does kind of look like the back of a dragon, a dragon's tail. Um, I think the official name is U.S. Route 129, mm-hmm. and it's classically 318 curves and 11 miles. Um, I don't know, like, you said it a little bit, you get into it, you kind of, I don't know, you kind of forget you're on a bike, you kind of <laughs> like, I don't know, it's, it's weird, but... I don't know. It's just a flowing and you just have to experience it. It's, it's exhilarating. It it is. Um, And not only is it 318 curves and 11 miles, what, what's so unique about the road is there's, there's no intersections. There's no driveways. Uh, there's no merges that, you know, come up into the road or go off the road. So, 
uh, you know, once you start that 11 mile section, uh, you're on it until you're done. Yeah. And yeah, I don't forget that I'm on a bike. I mean, it's, <laughs> you got to pay attention on that road, but, um, you know, there's, I, I remember if you get even close to the center lane, uh, the, the center line, excuse mm-hmm. me. And there's so many blind corners there. Um, I'm, someone's going to be coming in your lane, right? I, believe me, they're, they're going to cut those inside lanes and you know, someone's going to be heading towards you. So I stayed kind of the middle if I can, or right. even even to the right lane of you know right side of the lane. Well, and with a bike, you're laying down, and it and it's like, oh yeah, when you're sitting up, you're taking up a third of a lane, right? Yeah. But like when you start to lay down, all of a sudden now we're in half a lane. All of a sudden your helmet's on the other side. <laughs> right. All of a sudden a Ford F one fifty comes, and you know you kiss the headlight. Yeah. So like yeah. you do have to be super careful, and like yeah. you said. It's notoriously someone will will come into your lane when you're riding, and that's it's a little scary. And you almost just guaranteed, very better be prepared for it. Yeah. So, well, you know, tell us about your first time on the Dragon, Todd. Like maybe what 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 do you think, or what do you what makes you what do you remember? Oh, gosh, it, it was exhilarating. I <laughs> I re- we started at uh, the Deals Gap yep. restaurant and uh, you know kind of area there. Uh, I remember seeing the the tree of shame. Yep, uh, which is this giant tree they've erected uh, and and hung all the parts of all the bikes that, that have they crashed find, that they find that along they the find road. laying along the road. Yeah. Luckily, there's no body parts hanging up there, <laughs> but there's pieces of bikes and helmets and tires and jackets and gloves and all kinds of crap, and it's it's huge. I'm surprised that thing can hold it all, but. Um, and, I, and I just remember once we got going on it, I just couldn't believe the amount of corners and it just, I remember thinking to myself, who would ever build this road? Like what, <laughs> what was this built for? You know, but, uh, you know, they had to follow, uh, you know, along the mountain the ridge. Side, so yep. ridge. So, um, I just remember being one of the most amazing roads up to that point that I'd ever been on. Yeah, I agree. I've been on the dragon three times, I think in 2012, 2015 and 2020, it was intimidating the first time for me. Yeah. I was riding a, an old bike, 78 Goldwing, and, I don't know. It it was fun, but also interesting. I like that bike. Actually, probably handles better than most bikes that I've that I've had. Um, but yeah, so we're kind of in the middle, I guess. Of it's technically, I guess, at the end of of Tennessee one sixteen, right or one twenty nine? Sorry, U.S. Route one twenty nine is Tail of the Dragon. Um, so it's technically Deals Gap, North Carolina is kind of the that spot where you're thinking mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. So there's a general store. It's the Deals Gap Motorcycle Resort. Yeah. So it has a general store, which is cool. You know, um, anything you need, most things you don't. Um, <laughs> there's a Dragon's Den Grill. Now, I don't think we ever ate there when you've been there. The first time we went there, we had a burger. It was cool. Yep. It was good. You know, tree of shame. <laughs> I and, drank a lot of coffee there. I remember one time. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also offer actually motel and camping for motorcycle only. And so that's kind of a cool thing, too, to just be right in the middle of it. But that's mm-hmm. Deals Gap, North Carolina. Um, but, yeah, there's also um, a lot of roads that are around there. But uh, I was just trying to think of things that I remember when we were there. And I remember one time we were sitting at one of your favorite spots, I think, at the Fontana Dam. Oh, yeah. And this old guy, and, man, I mean, I say old guy now, but I bet the guy was 67 years old. And he pulls up on a KZ-1000, one of the old, iconic classic kawasaki motorcycles and the thing i will not forget is the helmet because he pulls up and it's like a golden speckled helmet i mean he had to buy that with the bike with the bubble yeah. the bubble front and he's like 
how far I'm away from Deals Gap. It's like, <laughs> you're on your way, man. It was just the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know. When we think, when I think about uh, the Tail Dragon, I think about that old guy. I wish I would have got his name because I didn't. But, yeah. man, he had a leather that he bought. I swear to God, he bought that leather that day. <laughs> he bought that helmet that day, and he bought that bike. <laughs> wow. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you're... Favorite spot that's right there? Yeah, you mentioned the Fontana Dam. Yeah. Uh, it's nicknamed the Fugitive Dam because they did use it to film uh, The Fugitive, if you remember that scene. Now, in the movie, they, they kind of expand and make it look no way. Like it's <laughs> bigger than the, the Hoover Dam, but uh, it, it's kind of a smallish dam, but it's you know you can it's tell cool. it was shot there. It's, it's, it's a great place to stop. Yep. You know, it's right along uh, you know the way to get to Tale of the Dragon, and it's a... Great place to take some pictures and just yeah. take a little rest before you actually, you know, take the tail. And ride. the Deals Gap is a great place to stop, but it's usually busy. I mean, yeah. it's hustle, it's bustle. And so I know a couple times we've moved over there to that Fontana Dam because people stop, take a picture, and move on. Yeah. And it's a, it's got, it's a nice place to stop and just kind of take five. Yeah. yeah. And it's and, just right there. I, I was just thinking too, you like the place across the street from. I do. From uh, Killboy. Yeah, Killboy. Yeah. And then one thing we didn't mention, and another one of the favorite things that you and I both have is, there's a lot of people along Tail of Dragon that um, are set up there every day and take pictures. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, you want to have, if you're going to go down there, you can have a great picture taken of you riding that road, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, these are professional photographers. Right. They They've picked these perfect spots they know how to focus the camera they have great cameras yeah and all day long they they take pictures and if you want a great picture of yourself riding your bike coming through a corner and leaning uh they do the best job they do such a great job and you go on their website after you've ridden the road and uh you just find the date and time that you rode the road and uh you know all the pictures are in sequence yeah uh you just order them through their website i always buy a bunch of pictures (laughs) because you know, where else can I get a picture of myself riding my bike? Right. You know, and I put those on and my And they're Facebook so good, page. like you said. Oh, they're really good pictures. Such good action shots and, you know, yeah. focused. And, and I'm happy to give them 25 bucks or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever it costs. Well, you know. I lo- and they have all kinds of signs, shirts, stickers, yeah, stickers the whole yeah. works there. Good good people. You can check out their website, too, and they have yeah. a lot of cool stuff. So. Yeah. Um, so then I was looking and just trying to think of all the places that kind of dovetail in with the dragon. Like, you know, and I'll say this too is like one of the things like just really do your due diligence when you're going get that planning underway because there's so many great roads like that touch or really close to touch and tail mm-hmm. so yeah the chirahala chirahala yep. chirahala skyway yep um what what's significant about that i'm trying to remember well that one um is just part of the cherokee and not a not a hollow national forest it's nothing super specific. I think it was just been there for a long time. It was kind of one of the original like paths that oh, people okay. used. Yeah. Um, that goes from Teleco Plains to Robinson, North Carolina. Just stunning views, I yeah. think, um, yeah. is one of the things there with that one. And then, then yeah. I think one of your other alternate favorites. Uh, well, one of my other favorites is the Devil's Triangle. Right. Uh, I love that road. Um, it's located... Um, up on uh, was it Oak Ridge, Oliver Springs? Something Those like two that. little towns. Yep, just yeah. a little north of Tail of Dragon. Yeah, yep. um, you know it's it's really on the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, and if you're afraid of heights, I'm not sure <laughs> I would recommend this road. Uh, however, if you ride it at night and you have a friend that's with you and he, you know, he, Turk, it, we're talking about you. <laughs> he can't see uh, that he's riding on the edge of a cliff. Then that's a not good time to ride it, but. 
Uh, yeah, it's super scenic, and the switchbacks are incredible. Yep. Um, we rode it at night, and then we rode it later in the day. Um, once in each direction, yeah. uh, you, you almost have to do it that way. Just, you know, see different things. Yep. So the technical triangle is 44 miles long, but the kind of root of it the you know, I think they kind of devil's triangle is a cool name, but Tennessee 116 is really that, like the two pieces of the oh, triangle, right. 26 and a half miles. It's a challenging road. Yeah. That double switch back that drops about 45, 50 feet is stunning in, especially at night. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, at one end of that road is the Brushy Mountain State uh, Penitentiary. Yep. Um, I mean, it's a no longer penitentiary. And I remember the first time we visited there. It was, was like 2015. 2015? Yep. Uh, we went there and it was overgrown. Uh, it was not being used. It was just, you know, f- you know. It was just there. High fences and the razor wire yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you could kind of walk around the fence and look in, but that was it. Now, this last time we were there, yeah. completely changed. They have a brewery. They have a restaurant. They have a distillery. They have uh, an outdoor concert venue. They do tours. It's cool, though. I mean, it, it was great. We went in. We got to go there. Yeah, we had lunch. You know, we oh. stopped in the distillery and, you know. Oh, yeah. I didn't get a go. We did a time, tour. So. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm jealous. Yeah. Hey, another road uh, we, we got to mention is uh-huh. Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah. Uh, 469 miles. Yeah. And the, the cool fact about the Blue Ridge Parkway is it's... Um, no other road crosses over the top of the Blue Ridge right. Parkway. All it's, exits down. All exits are down, or entrances are from the bottom up, and you know it's the highest. It's the highest uh, road, you know, at that yep. point. And uh, we've never ridden the whole thing. We've mm-hmm. you know maybe covered 150 miles of yeah. it, but it's it's gorgeous. So make sure you hit that one. And it's literally like defines the Smoky Mountains. I mean, especially if you get there in the morning, you're gonna see it. You know that smoke rising up. It's beautiful. Yeah. So. Foothills Parkway, I'm not sure if you rode that one or not I, before. I don't remember that one. But one of the cool things, and if you can only catch a part of it, on the south side of this section of that road, I think might be some of the best views of the Smoky Mountains. It's mm-hmm. just it's what you would imagine to be a perfect picture with a road in us in the Smoky Mountains. Gotcha. So that's a good one there. And then I know uh, Moonshiner Twenty. Yeah, that's a great road. Uh, it's got another name. Yeah, Hellbender, I didn't know Hellbender that until yeah. I was doing some research here. <laughs> Hellbender 28 or Moonshiner 28. Yeah, yeah. And what's what's the story about this road? It's, you, know? you know, it's just supposedly what they ran moonshine on this road and they were being chased. So I think, oh. you know, whether it's true or not, um, I'm sure they're making moonshine in the Rocky, Rocky or the uh, Smoky Mountains. But gotcha. uh, yeah, so. This podcast can be found on bestmotorcycleroads.com forward slash podcast. All the information you need will be there, but you can subscribe on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, uh, Pocket Casts, and YouTube. Uh, roadside Q&A. Uh, this interactive segment is where we answer your questions and we take any suggestions you have for topics. And then we'll provide insights and advice based on our years of planning trips and riding experiences. And we have a question. Hey. Hey. So John uh, asked us about where we're from and what kind of bikes do we ride and how long we've been riding. And yeah. Because we haven't really talked about that yet. Yeah, so. we, we, we kind of threw a brag in there that we're great at it, but we never really <laughs> prove it, right? right? Yeah. So um, I started riding in 1988, I guess. Well, actually, I learned before that. I sure. maybe learned in 85 when I was in college. I had a, a roommate that was really into motorcycle riding and another friend across the hall that rode motorcycles. And 
uh, between the two of them, I started writing and, you know, they kind of taught me a few things. And then as soon as I graduated college, one of my very first purchases was a motorcycle. <laughs> and, um, you know, I bought a motorcycle right away and got my license and uh, just kind of incrementally gotten bigger bikes. Yep. Um, and then, of course, uh, when you guys got bikes, um, I think that's what really when we started riding, you know, taking group rides. Yeah. And, and things like that. And it's just been fun ever since. And knock on wood, I've never had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John also asked where you're from. You're from Illinois. Oh, yeah, Originally, sorry. I'm from Iowa. But I grew up riding dirt bikes just in the yard, you know, I guess is when I started. And then kind of had a gap. And then when you guys were getting bikes, like, all right, it's time to get a bike. So I probably cycled through a few more models oh, of bikes than yeah. you guys. Um, yeah, so I've had a little bit of everything and tried it out. And I think... Now we're kind of all settling really close to either Harley is one of our guys that rides, and then we pretty much all ride Gold Wings now. So yeah, um, love it. Yeah, and and we're based. This is being based out of Solon, Iowa. Yep. And uh, so kind of that's where we spur out of. Yeah, South Central or yep, southeast yeah, southeast Iowa. Uh, Iowa. And uh, so when we're we're talking about where we're going and where we're coming from, uh, that's that's where we're leaving from. That's kind of destination. Yeah. Yep. yep. We're starting mm-hmm. there. Yep. So I have one accident, a small incident with a deer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we all survived. Yeah. A little road rash later. Everything was kosher. So, yeah. But no, thanks, John, for that question. Please ask more questions. We'd love to share more. We'd love to answer specific questions if there are them. Um, yeah, just send them in. Contact us for them on the website. So thank you on that. Yeah. And in the last mile, this is our closing uh, segment, allows us to reflect a little bit on uh, the things we've talked about in this podcast. And for me, um, we're, this was all about Tale of the Dragon. Uh, <laughs> I just say take it slow. You know, just take it slow. There's no reason to ride all the way to Tale of the Dragon just to wreck your bike, wreck your day, um, and have to tow yourself back home. Uh, take, take it slow. Come back with all your friends. Come back with all your parts. <laughs> uh, for me, I think... Um... The planning part. The first time we went down, I know we missed a bunch of these roads, and we sure, certainly could have rode them. Mm-hmm. I think we were further out, went way around, came back. And, uh, yeah, I think just thinking, planning. These roads are amazing. Spending yeah. time at the um, Deals Gap Motorcycle um, Resort, there's a lot of people there to talk to. There's a lot of bikes there. You know, like the guy that I was talking about, like I wanted to get his name. I want to know who he is. I wonder what the hell is he doing there. You know, where did yeah. he come from? Yeah. Like, um I like that. So uh, just take your time, get the stories, and have fun. So, yeah. Um, if this episode revved up your day, don't keep it to yourself. Like, subscribe, and share with your crew. Uh, we're all about the thrill of the ride and the bond it creates. Keep the spirit of adventure alive. And remember, bikes, friends, and endless roads, the stories ride forever. Take care. Take care.